Hi, everybody. This is Tony Khan, the producer and director of Morning Stories from WGBH in Boston. There are plenty of places to learn that honesty is the best policy. There's grammar school, high school, Sunday school. If you miss any of those, there's the school of experience. And for a few unlucky single dudes in Manhattan, there is Rachel Zorn. Rachel is the fictional creation of a young writer named Liz Skillman. Miss Zorn fights for truth and decency in the dating scene of New York, armed only with her BlackBerry, an online phone directory, and the golden rule. We call Liz's story, Miss Zorn Has Work to Do. At least 50 pounds heavier than his picture. Rachel Zorn, high school teacher, hits send. The text to her friend disappears just as her date sits back down. It is her third internet suitor in two weeks. There was no passion with Jason, the handsome and boring stockbroker Rachel dated for nine months. In his next email, the fat man says he had a nice time and would like to do it again. Rachel does not reply. Then, inspiration strikes. Rachel turns on her computer and goes to an online phone directory. Moments later, she has found a listing for the fat man's parents. May I speak to Mrs. Braun, please? This is she. I'm calling about your son, Elliot. Is he all right? Mrs. Braun, your son is nice, but the picture he put online is outdated. From before he got fat? Yes. And the thing is, Mrs. Braun, there are women out there who would be happy to be dating your son. Perhaps some thin ones, too. But his current weight is so surprising, he never gets a chance to shine. Is that what happened with you? Yes. Mrs. Braun's voice is serious. I am going to have a word with Elliot as soon as I can get a hold of him. Richard takes Rachel out a week later. He is tall with wide blue eyes. Conversation flows. Ten minutes after it has been placed in front of him, Richard still has not looked at the bill. Okay, Rachel thinks. He's playing it cool. He's been out with a lot of feminists and thinks he should give me a chance to offer. She smiles. Would you like for me to put in? Sure, he says. Let's split it. Thirty-four, sixty each. When the word sixty clears his mouth, it is official. Rachel is out with a cheapskate. He smiles. I'll buy you ice cream if you get the cab. The following evening, Rachel plunks down on the couch, phone in one hand and bag of pretzels in the other. May I please speak to the mother of Richard Johnson? This is his aunt. Would you mind giving me her number? What's this for? I'm calling about Richard's behavior. Who is this? A friend. A teacher. Richard is 36. Mrs. Johnson, there's a school called Life, and your nephew is in the class known as Cheapskate. If he doesn't change his ways soon, he's going to be doing summer school. There is no response from Auntie for 30 seconds. And then there is. Got a pen? Kevin takes Rachel to an expensive sushi restaurant in Tribeca. He is a far cry from Richard. Rich, handsome, and one and a half hours into dinner, not a single laugh. Just his Rolex, glowing. Rachel agrees to one drink at his place. Kevin is all smiles, but when Rachel says no an hour later, irritation passes over his features. 
Kevin does not call the next day, even though he had said he would. There are only five Warners listed in Greenwich. Rachel hits pay dirt on attempt number two. Hi, I thought you'd like a progress report on Kevin. I went out with him on a date. He never called again. Mrs. Warner, I believe Kevin to be suffering from an affliction. He is a good-looking, successful man in a city full of single women. He's never going to settle down at this rate. To be frank, Mrs. Warner, it makes the prospect of grandchildren questionable. Does Kevin have siblings? Yes. Tell him that those with the grandkids get the biggest piece of the farm. Excuse me? Mrs. Warner, I think you heard me. As a matter of fact, A week later, there is Peter who drinks too much, Adam who makes a highly improper proposition in the backseat of a taxi, and Michael who keeps Rachel waiting for two hours at a bar. A few nights later, Rachel goes online and, to her surprise, sees that Elliot, the fat man's personal, has been updated with a recent photo that isn't, Rachel thinks, half bad. That night, Rachel goes to her refrigerator and pours herself a glass of sparkling wine. Champagne would be more appropriate, but it is, after all, a school night. And Miss Zorn has work to do. Hi! May I please speak to the mother? That's uh, Liz Skillman with today's morning story. Miss Zorn has work to do. I'm sitting here in the listening room of WGBH with Gary Mott, which looks very much like a bachelor's pad, come to think of it. <laughs> Don't you think? Lots of audio equipment around. Uh, audio equipment, hi-fi, lo-fi, flat-screen TV. Boy, that story strikes fear into the hearts of all single men everywhere. It's something I have nightmares about. You know, I wake up in the middle of the night and immediately reach for my wife, make sure I don't have to start dating again. <laughs> I recall this one girl that that I had a relationship with, not necessarily a dating relationship. We parted ways, remained sort of friends, but I got married, Mm -hmm. and I felt like things had to change. She wrote me a lot of letters about Mm -hmm. her dating life, and it felt weird because I was now married. What do you think she was asking of you in those letters? Nothing. Absolutely nothing but a listening Uh ear. It was a friendship. But I felt like it wasn't appropriate. Hmm. So I wrote her a letter. I don't want you to write me anymore. She was very hurt. Hmm. Very hurt. Several years after the fact, she got married, and she was talking to her husband about this friendship damaged by me. And her husband said, you need to contact him. She called me up. You know, I apologized. Did you ever tell your wife at the time? And what did she say to you? She said, hmm, Gare... I don't think that was the right thing to do, but I was convinced. Not so long ago, I, I ran into an old girlfriend from 35 years ago. Wow. We went out and we had dinner, and the first thing that I did when I came back was to tell Harriet that I had run into this old flame. And you know what she said to me? Hmm. This is after 25 years of marriage. She said, so tell me, did any of the old feelings come back? Anymore? And I said, I said, Yeah. And she just smiled. And that, to me, was like just a reminder of how wonderful our marriage is. You've had 25 years of of trust and... uh... Making repeated amends. (laughs) Making amends. We got an interesting email the other day from uh, one of the people who's been involved in our transcription project. The great thing about the transcription project, besides the work that's being done, are the opinions. 
One of our transcribers named Kate McGovern happened to be transcribing one podcast told to us by a fellow named Tom Cottle called You Just Don't Know the Whole Story. This is what she had to say after having done that transcript. She says there's something magical about how a story is hatched, kind of like the way a photo emerges from the memory of light captured on film and hidden in the dark until it emerges in the chemical process. We're all like old-fashioned film, I suppose. Something important happens in our life. Our souls are exposed to intense feelings, like film is exposed to light. Most of the time, we process our film immediately and share the photos, the good ones and the bad ones, the good feelings and the bad. Sometimes, though, we let the canister sit or we forget about it altogether. What an extraordinary moment when that one one one-hundredth of a second flash of light, invisibly memorized on celluloid, actually becomes a photographic print. In that magical transfer, that once quiet memory takes on a new life, ignites emotions, and promotes possibilities to connect in new ways with those around us. Thanks to Morning Stories for being such a welcoming place for stories to be hatched and shared. And thanks to you, Kate, for feeling what Tom Cottle certainly provided for us, a moment of recaptured history from long, long ago that he processed in a way and developed for the first time. What an amazing letter. I mean, these transcribers are, they're a rare breed. Oh. I mean, uh, thoughtful, um, meticulous. Yes, and they have formed a community of their own one which they welcome anybody to join, either if you want to be a transcriber or if you just want to share opinions about some of the stories that uh, maybe you'll end up reading. You can get in touch with Liz Cooksey, who has been managing this whole thing for us, as well as doing some of the transcripts, and she can be reached at transcripts underscore Liz. That's transcripts with a T-S underscore Liz at bellsouth.net. Along with other things we appreciate, we, we got a contribution. It was the first contribution of 2008. The best way to transfer some spare change in your pocket to a story somebody might tell you that could change your life. There you go. What a bargain. That. <laughs> <laughs> and we should probably end with a proviso that uh, Rachel Zorn is a fictional character. If she resembles anybody in your life, well, good for you. And the scene that we set in the Mexican restaurant at the beginning is also entirely fictional. It just comes from the fact that some of my best dates have gone really wrong <laughs> in Mexican restaurants. <laughs> we'll see you next week. Adios. <laughs>